second uh, scripture reading comes from Isaiah chapter 7, starting in verse 13. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? There the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we thank you that you've gathered us here to worship Jesus who was a baby. God with us, who's come and dwelt among us. We pray that you would give us your spirit, that our hearts might be filled with wonder and awe, that you would give us delight that there is a God in heaven. And that you are not a God who stays far off, but that you are a God that comes near to us, that you have known our weakness. So I pray that you'd be our teacher. Lead us in our meditation tonight. And I pray uh, for those who are here uh, that have not known the grace of the Lord Jesus, that they would taste of his goodness tonight. And we ask this in Christ's name. So I want to take just a few moments to uh, reflect on this little passage I wrote from Isaiah, uh, that I just read from Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus was born, and we're reading through a a number of the prophecies, this promise of a child who's going to come and who's going to bring peace and reconciliation to the world, and uh, was the hope of the Jews for for centuries. And uh, 700 years later, when uh, Matthew wrote his gospel, the account of the life of Jesus, he said this, um, and all this took place to fulfill uh, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, by Isaiah in chapter chapter 7. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then Matthew adds this little explanation, the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And what I want to do tonight, just uh, for a few moments, is reflect on that little title, that little name, that Jesus is uh, God with us. And of course, uh, the first thing that that little name, God with with us, means is that Jesus, uh, astonishingly, that little baby, that little child, was God himself. That God actually uh, did not just stay in heaven, uh, the almighty, the powerful outside of the universe, did not just stay away from us, but he became a little child in the manger, actually became a poor child. Um, but uh, the other thing that that says about God is not just that God wanted to become a child, become a baby, wanted to be with us, but that he wanted to share life with us. That he wanted to move in. God said to us, I want to move in with you. I want that kind of companionship. I want that kind of intimacy with you. Uh, that I would stay close to you. And um, if God wants to be close to us, if God wants to know us, why is it that he has to become a little baby? Why the little child, you know, with the spitting up and the crying and the, uh, you know, the, the poopy diapers? And why, why does he have to do all that concrete stuff in order to be close to us? Why does Jesus have to become a baby? You know, why can't God, he's a big vapor, he's a big energy or something. Why doesn't he just come down into the universe and kind of uh, be around us? Why does he have to be so concrete with a certain kind of face and a certain kind of nose? Why does he need to be so close? Well, I, you know, I have a, a game that I, I play with my children. We have a, a little play playroom uh, upstairs in our house, 
And uh, we, I play this game, I have five little kids. Uh, my oldest is eight, the youngest is three, where I, I hold a ball and I lie on the ground, they all try to rip the ball out of my hands. And so, you know, I lie on the ground and, you know, one kid tries to rip my arm off and sit on my arm over here. One kid's ripping at my arm the other way. One kid's trying to tickle me. One kid's sitting on my face, hopefully not with a load in his pants, you know. Uh, and, um, and, and they're, you know, the game is trying to rip the ball, and I say, oh, you almost got it, you almost got it. And, you know, the reality is, uh, if I wanted to win the game, I could win the game if I wanted to, right? I could stand up, hold the ball in the air, you all lose, push them all down, you can't get the ball from me. No, but um, if I want to connect with my kids, if, I, if they want to have companionship with me, intimacy, I must become like them. I have, to become, I have to be on the ground. I have to be their size. I have to be weak. I have to make myself weak in order to be with them. And, of course, you know, if you've, you know, I, I, I took a class on teaching and uh, when I was in seminary, and they said, you know, very similar thing. You know immediately if someone knows how to teach kids, if when they talk to the kids, they talk to them from down here, do they get down on a knee? So they get down on a knee onto the kid's eyesight and talk to them from that level, then they know how to relate to kids. If you're going to relate to someone, if you're going to know someone, if you're going to have intimacy with someone, you must become like them. And actually, I, that's not just true for kids. That's true for adults, too, right? Because, you know, the people who are able to connect with adults better than anyone, what, what do they do when they meet someone new? They ask questions. Tell me about your life. Oh, you're from there? What were you doing there? Why did you do that? How did you get into that? Or, you know, tell me about your background. How did you come to Bellingham? Things like that. Bring out the story. What, what does the story bring out? It brings out all kinds of connection points. And you can say, oh, you're from there. I know so-and-so. You know, and you're trying to find something. I'm like you. I'm with you. We have a connection. The reality is that God actually did that. He wanted to share life with us. He wanted to be with us. And Jesus is God with us. And the only way that he could do that was he had to take on our weakness he had to become one of us. He knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to be weak. He knows every struggle that we, that we face. And so for, in order for God to be God with us, he had to become a baby. Now, I know that sounds lovely. God wants to be with us. He wants to spend time with us. He becomes a child. He shares our weakness with us. He shares life with us. Um, but, um, the, you know, that God is that relational. God is that personal. He's not a distant energy. He is love. He wants to understand us. But there's a complication. There's a complication about us knowing God that intimately. And I'll, I'll tell you what the complication is. You know, imagine that you have, uh, you had a, a, a very good friend. And you had a plan that you, we we're going to move in together. Let's say, hey, let's get a... a Let's become roommates. You sign the papers. You got it all planned. You got maybe you're coming to Western. You got a you know plan for a roommate. You know, okay, I I'm, I got to pay half my rent. I got this person living with me. At the last minute, they say, oh yeah, you, we're gonna be roommates. Actually, I, I can't do that anymore. I, and then they just disappear and they don't talk to you. And they don't show up. And then, you know, six months later, you say, wow, you know, and you're you're frustrated. You're irritated. You say, my dear friend, they just abandoned me. And then six months later, they call you up and they say, hey, you know, I'm looking for a roommate. Uh, would you be interested in that? Can we? And, they, and everything's just normal. You're old friends, right? And they say, let's move in. Let's move in together. What are you going to do? You say, well, yeah, I mean, maybe. But what happens six months? Are you going to address that? 
You're going to talk about it? In any meaningful relationship, conflict, uh, um, alien, you know, alienation, hurting each other, it can't just get swept under the rug. It needs to be addressed. There needs to be some kind of atonement. There needs to be some kind of reconciliation. They need to say something. Hey, I know I messed up six months ago. Let's be at peace again. And the fact is that most of us, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian and you're here, I, by nature, the most natural thing for us is not to have a relationship with God, to know God. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I can see in my own heart, my own nature, it would be perfectly natural for me to spend weeks, months, years, maybe decades of my life not even thinking about God. I go about my work, I go about my family, I have some kids, I have some hobbies, and God could be completely in another world. But when we think about that God would want to be close to us, for us to just think, well, you know, I'll just jump into relationship again. Meaningful relationships don't work like that. If we've ignored God, there has to be some kind of reconciliation that needs to happen. There needs to be amends that needs to happen. But the thing about God, um, the God that we read in the Bible, it turns out that it's not quite as simple as that uh, we just slighted God, you know, we you know, moved away when we were going to be roommates. You know, it turns out, the Bible says God is the king of the universe. He made everything. He is the one, uh, you know, who gives meaning to our life. He's why we exist, is to know him. Jesus says, this is the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Uh, uh, you know, everything about you is supposed to be to love God, and we've ignored him. And uh, what that means is that our ignoring God is, is, is more than just slighting a friend. It's a kind of cosmic treason. <laughs> we have betrayed the very re deep reality of the universe. And so if with a friend, I need to figure out some kind of reconciliation of what kind of, uh, you know, how are we going to make amends, how much more with the God of the universe? Now, it turns out that uh, God wants to make amends. He wants to be at peace. He, wants, he doesn't want to sweep under the cover the, uh, our problems and our brokenness and that we don't really love God and that we don't really love each other. He's not, he doesn't want to ignore that, but he wants to make amends with us. And that Jesus, God, being God with us, becoming a man, sharing our life. You see how he shared our life. He became a baby. He didn't just share our life and that he knows what it is to be human. He shared our life and that he also knows the consequences that we deserve by our betrayal of the God of heaven. And so that's the story of the gospel that begins with Jesus becoming a baby, a poor baby, that ends with him dying as a robber on the cross. He takes the punishment for us. He makes reconciliation. And so when we come to God and we say, I want to be at peace, all right? I know I've ignored you. Let's be friends again. God says, this is the way. These are my terms. Is Jesus who is God, God with you? Jesus is God with you. And to believe... And, uh, and to be at peace. And so let me, uh, let me just tell you that the gospel, the hope of the gospel, the hope of what Christianity is, is that God wants to share life with us. And what Jesus does when he becomes a man is he takes everything that's ours. He takes our weakness. He takes our humanity. He takes our brokenness. He takes our sin and our shame upon himself. He, we share that with him, and then he shares with us everything that's his. His love, his love with God, his life full of the spirit, this community of faith. He shares everything that's his with us. Let me just tell you, if you're here, and you have some inkling that you want love to be at the center of your life, the baby 
that we meet in Christmas is love himself. He's God's action to say, I want to share life with you. And to have your life filled with love is to have your life filled with Jesus. So uh, this Christmas, uh, this is an invitation to embrace him, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, and to trust in that love and to let it change you. Let's pray together. Our Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the sum of everything that we call good. And that it turns out the great God of the universe is not a distant, cold, harsh energy, emotionless, impersonal, but that you are a God that comes and shares life with us. Would this story of Christmas transform us and change us, that we would taste of your great love and would it cause us to love one another and to love our neighbor. And we ask this in the name of our Savior Jesus.